0: Word Machine. Well, this is gorgeous. Here. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to Word Machine, the podcast that looks to put poetry in conversation. My name is Ryan Nance and I am your host and I'm so happy that you're here. Uh, for this week's episode, episode four, you can hear that this is actually being recorded. Um, during a wedding here in Rancho Santa Fe in beautiful northern San Diego County. Our two friends, uh, Bridget and Alex, just finished their vows, and the party has started here under the trees in this beautiful lush uh, area of the country, in this beautiful lush uh, estate here that they are getting married at. Congratulations, Bridget and Alex. We are so excited and pleased that we could be here with you. So if you heard last week, episode three, we were fortunate enough to have our guest reader, Reader Yago Cura pick two poems from two pretty different poets, Cesar Vallejo and Carl Sandburg. Uh, but for episode four, we decided to in- intensify the juxtaposition even more. The first of our two poets uh, lives pretty close to here, actually, in Vallejo, California. Her name is Ray Armantrout. She was born um, in 1947 in this part of California, and she currently teaches at uh, UC San Diego. had a number of books of poetry Um, one of her most notable of course is verse 2009 that was in 2010 was awarded the pulitzer prize Uh, she is uh, often considered to be one of the founding members of the west coast language poets she is uh, in the contemporaries with uh, people like ron silliman and certainly of the same um, same efforts as people like denise levertov and robert Creeley. and in stark contrast to Armand Trout. We are bringing you a poem from probably the most celebrated poet from the Tang Dynasty in China. The Tang Dynasty is often considered the golden age of China, um, starting about the 8th century of the Common Era and continuing for a couple hundred years. And, and the the culture is really considered to be the most flourishing of the arts, um, is poetry. And so Li Bo is the most celebrated poet of that era. He was born in the year seven on the Western frontier of the Tang Dynasty, in what is today considered to be part of Kyrgyzstan. His parents were traders along the Silk Road. So along with his very good friend and poet Du Fu, they really sort of defined what became, has now become known as Chinese poetry. Um, In the 19th century, there was a book published in China called 300 Tang Dynasty Poets. And it brought together an anthology of the most influential poets from about a thousand years earlier from from the time of publication, and of those 300 poems, 37 of them are from Po. Uh, it's really just been sort of a powerhouse. So, there may not seem like a lot to to bring together a poem from a contemporary American in Ray Trout and somebody from 1200 years earlier in Po, but there's some germ of an idea that really struck me. Uh, both of them, there, there's this paradox about the written word that always fascinated me that it both suggests the presence of the mind of the writer and demonstrates his absence. Um, If somebody was just had a thought they could just tell it to you but the fact that they write it down and then leave or publish it or die or (laughs) time passes and the the presence of the thought persists but the, the voice and the breath of the poet away and it then comes to the reader to to breathe the the breath back in. So these two poems from these two very different poets seem to be addressing that sort of notion of presence and absence, ephemerality, transience, permanence, ideas. Um, so these two poems I'm excited to read to you. I'm going to read the first one from Ray Trout, and then I'm going to read the one from Li Po, first in Chinese and then in a brilliant translation from the translator Sam Hamill. exact by Ray Armentrout Quick before you die describe the exact shade of this hotel carpet What is the meaning of the irregular yellow spheres some hollow gathered in patches on this bedspread If you love me worship the objects I have caused to represent me in my absence. Over and over, tears of houses spill pleasantly down that hillside. It might be possible to count occurrences. Here is the Original version by Li Bo of Du Zhu Jing Ting Shan Du Zhu Jing Ting Shan Zhong Niao Gao Fei Jin Gu Yun Du Chu Xian, Xiang Kan Liang Buyan Jiyo Jing Ting Shan And here is a brilliant translation from the translator and poet Sam Hamill. He has titled it Zazen on Xingting Mountain. The birds have vanished down the sky. Now the last cloud drains away. We sit together, the mountain and me until only the mountain remains. I would definitely say that the thematic similarities between these two poems from these two very different poets are the thematic differences are really what what drew me to 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 put them together. Um I think the thematic similarities are fascinating and interesting that there's this real continuity, you know, across millennium and cultural and language and gender and class differences. Um, that there's this sort of persistent question about presence and absence, about permanence and and transience, and that it hasn't been solved yet. It's one of those those questions that can't really be answered about my own transience, about how I disappear. Um, but technically, obviously, they're very different. Um, Libo sort of formed the form that is now thought of as being classical Chinese poetry. Um, how much of it was through his habits of mind or or song, or how much of it sort of arose independently and that he participated in? I, it's hard hard to know. But he has such such a, a heavy amount of fingerprints over all of Tang Dynasty poetry, even the ones that he didn't write. Um, so it's a pretty good bet that he, through his own habits of, of mind and, and voice, um, Formed a lot of the form that we think of as Chinese poetry now. Uh, In the whatever era contemporary poets in America are writing in now, um, it is certainly one that is interested in in seeing through form or beyond form or under form or past form or or between forms. And the West Coast language poets um, that that Armand Trout is certainly a a strong member of are very interested in in. Some of the same questions that that some of the other language poets, like the Black Mountain poets, like Creeley and Olson, were interested in, but but there's a um, a mix, a, a gleeful mixing together of of vernacular and and you know sort of high high thought stuff all, all together. And Armitage's no no stranger and not afraid of talking about, you know, the, the view from a, a freeway from an interstate and mixing that together with, with questions about permanence and impermanence. And she does that very well here. And, and, and um, it's one of those um, poems that I, I think sort of sneaks up on you a little bit. It, it came in to me as being a very visual poem about a landscape and an occurrence that I understand, probably driving the 15 to Rescondido, something like that, like I, w- I was just earlier this weekend. But it sneaks up on you a little bit. Um, the, the notion of exactitude about knowledge and precision and perception is, is a thought that I didn't know that I let in when I read the poem. And then it, it started to assert itself uh, after it came in. About my own sort of awareness about memory and remembrance and permanence and transience, so I I definitely feel that these two poets um, are are drawing from the same source of water, but but probably from the other sides of the planet and the other sides of time. But it's um it's one of my favorite things about poetry is that you can see connections where there are hard to see ones because they're all there, they're all connected. So. So thank you again for your time, for listening to Word Machine. I am super excited that all of you are here. Please uh, like and share and tell your friends about our Facebook page, about our blog, which is at 5 com slash word dash machine. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play, TuneIn Radio or or Stitcher Radio. Sorry, Stitcher Radio. Uh, Like us on Twitter. Please, I would love to get this uh, podcast out to as many people that will like it as possible, and I could really use your help. So take the time to like it and share it, comment, give me your feedback, tell me poets and poems that you would love to hear more about. And um, thank you very much, and look forward to, uh, to next week, episode five. Thank you so much. Word machine. Word machine. Word machine.